Ecolution. Hi guys and welcome back to Ecolution. We hit the ground running last week for RT on Climate with five episodes in five days. Although we can't keep up that pace, there'll be a new Ecolution every Wednesday from here on out. It'll be broadcast on RT Junior Radio at 7pm and will be available to download as a podcast on the same day. If you haven't already done so, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and that way you can get the next show each week. If you enjoyed it, give us a good review. We started Ecolution to give kids a voice and we want to make it louder. Ecolution! Well, last Friday saw RTE stage the first ever youth assembly on climate in the Dáil. 157 young people met and let our politicians know just how important climate action is to us. A very good morning to you. It's 7 o'clock on Friday the 15th of November. This is Morning Ireland with Gavin Jennings and Brian Dobson. Today, the first ever Youth Assembly on Climate Change convened at Leinster House. The headlines, the Youth Assembly on Climate Change meets in the Dáil and submits 10 recommendations. This week, RT is focusing on the challenges of climate change. And as we know, this issue has struck a chord in particular with young people. And today they're bringing their message to the top by taking over the Dáil itself. I'm in Dublin today to, to go to the Dáil about climate change. This is our generation and climate change is going to affect our future and our kids' future as well. This is an issue that uh, we can tackle and that we should tackle and that's why we are here today to try and try and solve it. We can't wait to get started. <laughs> climate change is one of the biggest things that's, that, that's, that's affecting our earth at the moment. In the last episode, you heard why young people wanted politicians to hear us. We were at the launch of the Youth Assembly a few weeks back and it was clear that this was an important opportunity. Um, my name is Fermade Owade and I really became passionate about climate change in my TY year of secondary school and that was when I was around 15 years old. I really want politicians to start taking action. I feel like we have had enough um, about telling people what climate change is and how it's really affecting our environment. But I just want the politicians to start taking on ideas and putting that into action. Uh, I'm David and I'm 10. I started when I was about 7. It makes me feel sad and angry because um, I think a lot of people realise this except they're just ignoring the state of matter and, and, and they're just doing their own thing instead of thinking about our, our future and other people's future. I'm Amy Woodger, I'm 10 and I first got involved like a year ago maybe. We are more focused on climate change in the government so the government have other things to do but we are just climate change so we'll, we'll be able to get more things done than them so it's really important. Well my name is Ifanar Chakouze and I first got involved in activism in primary school really. Um, I was part of the green schools. The youth assembly is important because it shows that the government is actually taking into consideration that the youth that you're educating actually have good ideas and opinions on what we need to do on climate change. So if you're listening to them, you're getting fresh ideas and you're getting the, the inputs of the next generation. And I think that's really important and I think that's undervalued in our society today. I'm Isabel and I'm 10. We're the only ones taking action. And if we don't, no one will. My name's Liam Fuller and I'm 12 now, but when I started noticing all the changes about the earth and climate change or whatever, I think I was six. And I think it's important because kids can talk to each other and really discuss our feelings about climate change. My name is Alison. I was 14 when I got involved with activism. I think the Youth Assembly is important because it not only sends a message to politicians and adults and uh, other people who may not know a lot about it, but it also is kind of a way for us as young people to kind of group together and organise what we want to do because 
it's not just about adults anymore. Like we're involved in the conversation now, and if we don't talk to each other, there's no way we can get anything done. It's it's good that we're finally getting a voice. I was there and it felt pretty surreal sitting there in the dull where normal TDs and politicians sit on a daily basis. I do feel that we were heard by the powers that be, but whether that is acted upon correctly and whether that is acted upon in the radical way that we needed to be acted on, we'll soon see. Last Wednesday, we staged the first ever Ecolution Live at the Mutiny Theatre. An audience of fourth and sixth class from Skull Katrina Baggett Street filled the rows. Um, my name is Mia and I think climate change is terrible. I mean, we're toxifying our planet just for our own selfish needs. Hi, my name is Connor Murphy. I'm from Skull Katrina Baggett Street. And I think climate change is something very serious. Climate change needs to be stopped as quick as possible. Don't mess around with it. My name is Alex uh, from Skull Katrina, fourth class, and I don't like climate change because it's affecting the polar bears and penguins. The habitat they live in is melting like the ice and snow. I think the Irish government need to like listen better to what people are saying. And we had a guest who was at the very centre of climate policy in Ireland. One of the people in a key position to really hear what we have to say is my guest today. He has worked as part of many of our governments... And as a TD, he has played part in forming how our country responds to changes in the world with work and education. His latest challenge is one that faces us all. Please welcome the Minister for Communications, Climate Action and Environment, Mr. Richard Bruton. Now, Minister, um, what do you hope to do as Minister for Communications, Climate Action and Environment? Well, we have set out uh, in June of this year, we've published an ambitious climate plan, which will get us right back on track, uh, close the gap uh, to the targets that have been set for us. Uh, Now, the sort of things we're doing, we're going to have five times as much renewable energy on the grid. So our power will be coming from clean wind and uh, solar and sources like that. We're going to have 10 times as much as retrofitting of our homes, so we will be insulating, changing our heating systems. We will have 25 times as many people opting for electric vehicles instead of diesel or petrol. Uh, We will have 250 million trees planted over the next 10 years. So it's big, big change. So it's asking people to change the habits of a lifetime in many ways. It's also asking people to accept infrastructures that haven't been seen in the country before, wind farms, solar farms, you know, more strengthening of our grid so we can have clean energy. Uh, And of course, it means people changing the way they spend their money, changing their priorities in many ways, changing what they, the daily choices that they make in their lives. So while we can lead at government level, it really hinges on individual communities responding and taking the opportunities we, we can offer. Okay, so uh, one of the things the government has done is to declare a climate emergency bill. So what does that mean now that the the government has declared that bill? Well, it means that it is top priority in everything we do. So you'll see recently, just last month, we had a budget. So in the budget, we have introduced uh, what people call climate pricing, or carbon pricing. So we're putting a price on the damage that people do by emitting carbon. That price will increase every year for the next 10 years. And every cent of that money that we're raising, we're going to plough back into supporting and empowering communities to make changes. Uh, so you know, that's a really tangible evidence of what we're doing. But we 
so next year we will double the number of electric chargers on the road. We will double the amount of money spent for low-income families to upgrade their homes. Uh, we have banned single-use plastics. Uh, we uh, will be introducing charges on you know the the non the the non-reusable cups that people use. Six hundred million cups, coffee cups or tea cups, are used and thrown away in Ireland every year. You know, so we're going to introduce taxes on that. So everything will be seen through the prism of you know how does this impact on our the global emissions of our activities uh, and each year we will uh, intensify our plan uh, change the measures improve the measures so that we hit the targets we've set for ourselves you spoke there about your um policy on single-use plastics um and you said about the latte levy uh, which is what some people are calling it um, I heard that that is due to start in 2021. Um, I'm curious as to why that can't start immediately. No, that will start much earlier than that. But we, we are, have a consultation underway at the moment uh, and then we will move to introduce legislation. The exact timing depends on getting through the Dáil. Uh, but I think there will be support in, in the Dáil and the, the Shannad to bring forward legislation. But there can be a time from you know, settling the exact policy and then getting the legislative framework bring it through the doll that can cause delay but i think you know our direction of travel is very clear here uh, and we want to see it to change people's behavior and promote a different attitude uh, because you know we have a very ambitious plan on plastics we want to eliminate all non-recyclable plastics in in, in ireland at the moment two-thirds of the plastics that we use cannot be recycled uh, so we have a huge problem with plastic ending up either in landfill or incineration where we could have recycled plastic that could be reused okay so as part of that um, a lot there's a lot of large corporations using plastics and all that there's, there's a lot of controversy over that so what is the government going to do to tackle these large corporations that are known to be contributing to this climate crisis well every company whether big big small large enterprise farm are going to have to address their carbon impact uh, now a lot of the largest companies like for example Electricity companies are very large, but they're providing power for all the rest of us. So while they're doing a lot of the work, they depend on the choices we make as well. The same with you, you could say large oil companies are delivering oil, the diesel and petrol we use in our cars. But it's only if we make the switch to electric that we actually change things. So everyone, it's not just companies. We can't pretend that, you know, there's large companies out there. If they'd sort it out, we'd all be fine. The reality is it's the choices we make each day that you know, mean that oil companies are dominating the field, not, you know, low emission activities. Uh, so we've to shift that uh, and it's to shift for all of us as well as uh, we need to obviously impose uh, responsibilities on large companies. So take an example uh, from now on, every building that's built by builders and developers has to be a near zero energy building. That's now a regulation, that's an obligation on those companies uh, and they have to deliver uh, buildings that don't have a, a big carbon footprint. It's close to nil carbon footprint is a requirement now. You spoke there about people changing stuff in their everyday lives. What are the government going to do to make a more economically sustainable and more environmentally sustainable lifestyle, like incentivize it for people? At the moment, it's not as um, economically viable to choose an environmentally friendly lifestyle rather than one that isn't. Yeah, I mean, there will be incentives. Some of the incentives will be penalties, like we were just talking about, penalties on using single-use 
activities. Some of them will be banned, so we, we are going to ban single-use plastics. It's already banned in the public service. We're going to ban a list of single-use plastics throughout the economy. So some things will be uh, absolute bans. So you or I, big companies, small companies, they won't be able to use some of these things. They won't be able to do things. But we will also you know, provide subsidies. Today we provide a 10,000 euro subsidy uh, to people who buy an electric vehicle as opposed to uh, a diesel vehicle. Uh, we provide a, a grant for putting an electric charger in your home. We provide 100% grants to low-income families to upgrade the heating systems and the insulation in their homes. For other families, we provide 30% grant for those sort of changes. Uh, so we have a big range of measures. We do similar support to farmers, uh, say dairy farmers who want to improve their energy system. There's some supports for them. If people want to use biomass to replace fossil fuel in heating, we provide grants for that. So there's a whole range of grants largely run by Sustainable Energy Ireland, which are designed to help people on that journey. And we have 300 sustainable energy communities. These are communities who come together to look at their the buildings and activities in their community and say, how can we improve it? We pay them 25,000 to design a plan uh, as to how they can reduce their, their carbon impact in their community. And then we uh, provide the grants as appropriate to the, the, the type of activity they're going to undertake. So there's a lot there to be done. Uh, and we've committed that every cent coming from the carbon price, and that will raise six and a half billion over the next uh, 10 years, every cent of that will go back into supporting either just transition, low-income families who are struggling, uh, or all the rest of us trying to make the changes in our lives. How do you see Ireland in 20 years' time with this apparent climate crisis affecting us? Well, I think in 20 years' time, we will be still in the midst of this adjustment, but we will be recognising that this change is bringing cleaner air, warmer homes, a healthier relationship to our own environment, and making sure that we are not contributing to damage the globe in the way that we have been in recent years. So we will be well on our way in 20 years' time to the net zero uh, ambition that Europe has set for itself. The UN has outlined that we have now 11 years left to reduce our emissions before the planet warms to such a degree that it's very harmful. So if we're still adjusting to this in 20 years' time, clearly the effects will probably be quite substantial. Yeah, we need to, need to make radical changes over the next, you know, between now and 2050, uh, Europe has set a target. We are going to go from where we are now, in, and in Ireland's case, we are, what, 70, 80% dependent on fossil fuels today for our energy to get to a, 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 a net zero situation. That's big change. Uh, obviously, we will continue to do that, and you'll see new technologies coming in, like carbon capture, so that you don't actually, you don't emit the carbon that you might be using in certain activities. That doesn't escape into the atmosphere. So you'll see a lot of new technologies helping us to, to make these changes. But we hope also that nature starts to fix the problem itself. Nature, given the chance, has the capacity to, as they describe it, sequester carbon, to take carbon back out of the atmosphere. If we develop our forestry, you know, rewild areas in our country, we can create a better um, biodiversity, but also start to suck in carbon and help us on this journey. What's next on the agenda? How quickly are Ireland going to respond to the climate crisis? 
Well, we've, we are going to hit our target in 2030. Uh, sadly, we didn't hit our target at all in 2020. We will have widely missed the 2020 target, uh, but we now have the measures in place which we're implementing day by day that will hit those targets. The next big thing, I suppose, that we will be announcing will be the auction for uh, renewable uh, for renewable energy to go onto our grid. We'll be announcing that before the end of the year. Another significant uh, announcement we hope to make is sign a broadband contract, uh, and that will allow people to work from home instead of all the commuting that goes with uh, with uh, traditional commuting patterns and work patterns. Every week we're looking at things that can be done to build our momentum here, and we're determined we will deliver this. There's targets for every sector. Uh, every minister is committed to this, and it's a factor in all our decision-making now. In terms of commuting, the public transport system in Ireland is pretty dated. So um, for the climate action, would you be looking to change that? Yeah, we've committed to eight billion investment in in public transport uh, as we speak. Bus Connects is is uh, the final design for Bus Connects for here in Dublin has been published by by the National Transport Authority. That will be controversial because it gives far greater priority to buses than cars. So cars will be squeezed off the road, and more space will be made for people to use bikes, bikes or in segregated lanes or buses on these lanes. So you know that's a two billion investment, for example. Uh, but that is designed to make our city more sustainable, more livable. And then in the rural areas, of course, we will have to look where people can't give up the car. We have to look at electrifying that, switching from diesel to electric vehicles. So we have a range of measures to change the, the shape of transport so it doesn't be so reliant on fossil fuels and the carbon emissions that they bring. Okay, and you spoke about bus connects. The buses themselves currently are mostly powered by diesel or fossil fuels. Will you be doing anything to change that? Yeah, they're moving progressively to hybrids and then from that there on to, to, uh, to low emission. Unfortunately, bigger vehicles can't just switch to electric because the batteries would be too big for heavier goods vehicles. So the transition out of fossil fuels is slower for these heavier vehicles. Uh, and we will see you know, compressed natural gas or even uh, hydrogen uh, powered vehicles coming into the network over time. Uh, so we've to make those choices as the technologies become available and we can do them uh, most effectively. Uh, but cars, like in, in 2024, it will be a no-brainer to switch away from diesel and petrol to electric because it will be cheaper to run uh, and they will be a, a more competitively priced by then. So technology is helping us here. The evolving capacity of industry to deliver cleaner fuels that are, don't have carbon impact is a big part of why we're opting for electrification. In terms of uh, carbon emissions, it's a lot less carbon emissions to buy Irish produced goods. Will the government be doing anything to encourage people to buy Irish products rather than products that are imported? What we would be encouraging consumers is to think about the choices they make, think about lower carbon options, think about using local uh, produce. Government's capacity to, if you like, impose regulations is restricted by our membership of the European Union. Uh, but people should be thinking about buying local. Uh, they should also be looking at their diet, some elements of their diet are lower in their carbon impact than others. They should be thinking particularly about food waste. We waste, uh, they say, the estimate is that each home wastes uh, nearly a ton of, of, of food per year, a uh, very substantial amount of money, and even uh, some of that doesn't go into the brown bin. 
some a lot of food is getting either into the black bin where it has to go to landfill or incineration and we lose the chance of reusing that or even goes into the green bin where it contaminates materials that are fit for recycling so we need to think through the choices we make about food and the way we dispose of it all of that sort of thing can make a huge impact Okay, and as part of this podcast, we visited the Dublin Waste to Energy plant in Poolbeg. It's an incinerator that burns our waste and transitions it into energy in a fairly sustainable way. And there's only currently two of those plants in Ireland. Would you be looking at getting more of those? Because currently we're exporting a lot of our waste to be dealt with in other countries. We don't export uh, black bin waste. That, that, that either goes to landfill or incineration. Uh, we have committed that we will bring our landfill down to just 10%. So there's 26% now, we have to bring it down to 10%. Uh, so we will be commi- committing to reduce our waste as the first priority. So we hope householders will be generating less waste. We want to see more going into the green bin and the brown bin. A lot of material that now goes to either incineration or to uh, landfill shouldn't be in that black bin at all. So there's a lot of things we can do uh, before we have to talk about new incineration capacity. But it is important that we also build out recycling capacity in Ireland because the vast majority of the materials we have for recycling go for export. There is a capacity to build uh, capacity in Ireland to do the recycling, to make sure that you're not, you know, we can recycle plastics into new uses uh, and you know, all of those sectors are, are opportunities as part of a decarbonised economy. Just recently, Ireland has ranked worst for climate action in the EU. How does that make you feel as Minister for Climate Action? Very disappointed. I mean, that's the, that is the challenge that I have been confronted with. I suppose, to be fair to Ireland, we've spent the last number of years recovering from the deepest economic crisis that we've ever had. During that crash, we looked to be compliant on everything. Uh, It's only as the economy has started to recovery, we've discovered that we have not succeeded in breaking the connection between prosperity and carbon. So we have to make big structural changes in our economy now. And that's what this plan is about, making those big structural changes. Are you hopeful? I'm very hopeful. I mean, I think, you know, one of the interesting things from history, it's, it's really when societies have faced big threats to their future that the the greatest strides are made, the greatest strides in collaboration, the greatest strides in creativity. And this is just such a challenge to us all. We have to show the creativity, but also the capacity to work together. Uh, because you know, the worst thing that could happen about confronting the climate challenge is if we started to split, if one group started pointing the finger at others and say, I shouldn't be asked to do anything. It should be farmers or it should be oil companies or it should be someone else. We all are in this. We have to work creatively together to fix it. It was important to us that the audience from Skull Katrina had an opportunity to ask a few questions of the minister. Hi, my name is Yula and I'm from Skull Katrina fourth class. What can we do in the classroom to be more mindful of climate control? Well, I'm sure you're, you're a member of the Green Schools Initiative and they look at all of the different things, how you handle your waste, how you handle your water, uh, you know, the sort of choices you make, whether you have plastics in the school, you know, 
single-use plastics shouldn't be there. We shouldn't be. Uh, we should try and um, switch off our lights in the classroom uh, when we're not there. There's so many things that you can do. Even, say, the mobile phone in your pocket, a mobile phone uses a tonne of carbon in the year. Uh, so if we're doing an awful lot of downloading and stuff, we're actually add, adding to the problem because data centres are big carbon users. So everything we do, from what we eat, how we dispose of waste, uh, you know, the, the way we get to school in the first place, whether we use a car or walk or cycle, all of those things can have a huge impact. Hi, my name is Mayam from School Katrina, fourth class. Can climate change be reversed or is it too late? Absolutely, it can be, but the damage that has been... The trouble with carbon is it builds up in the atmosphere and doesn't dissipate. So what we're doing is slowing down the amount we put into the atmosphere. And I think that's why the science has set this, the need to become very aggressive over the coming years. But we can reverse this and it is, it is possible to deal with these. But we also will have to learn to adapt to some changes. You know, sea levels have risen, so we're going to have to look at flooding in our communities. Uh, we will have, you know, hotter summers and colder winters, so we have to look at how we, you know, insulate our homes. So we need to do things to make ourselves more resilient in the face of the impact of what has happened in the past, as well as changing uh, greenhouse gases for the future. My name is Mia, I'm from school Katrina 4th class and I would like to know how does Ireland compare to other countries when it comes to tackling climate control? Well I don't think we compare well in the progress we've made in the last uh, say seven years. We haven't done well. Many other countries are struggling. Uh, we are a developed country so we've higher carbon emissions. Uh, we also have a very large agricultural sector and very few uh, countries have been able to bring down the carbon impact of their agricultural sector rapidly. There aren't as many technologies there. So we have difficulties, uh, but I think we are determined to be part of the net zero project in Europe. We have signed up to those ambitions and we now have a plan in place that will see us hit the targets we set for ourselves and that we've agreed to internationally as part of the Paris Agreement. So. Uh, yes, we, we've, we've to pull up our socks, but we now have a plan that I think can deliver the change. It seems that Minister was somewhat unsure of our last audience question. Hi, my name is Alex and I'm from School Katrina Fourth class. What is a carbon footprint and how does it affect climate change? Well, that's a, I, I'm not a scientist, but basically what happens is that if you, um, if you generate carbon dioxide or methane, they're the two big gases, uh, methane largely comes from cattle, it's, you know, as a result of the way they, they chew grass and so on, they, they create methane. And carbon dioxide comes largely from burning fossil fuels, burning coal, burning peat, burning oil, burning gas. And what they do is they build up in the atmosphere and like a greenhouse, a glass house, they create a sort of a, a cover over the, over the earth. So when the sun is shining in, that heat gets trapped like it would get trapped in a glass house. And that's why it's called greenhouse gases. They create a sort of a, 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 an umbrella over the country, over the globe that's trapping the heat in. So we need to start to, re, to, to prevent uh, the amount of that glass building up that's covering uh, and dissipate that over time so that we don't see uh, the continuous uh, heating up of our, our, our globe. Uh, and that takes every country working together 
so it takes us taking our challenge seriously, but also all the other countries of the of the world, because you know it doesn't respect boundaries. We can't say we'll have fixed our peace and Ireland will be okay because it it is if you like it affects the whole globe collectively, not individual countries. That is a good explanation of what greenhouse gases are, but a carbon footprint is actually about our responsibility around those gases. It is the amount of CO2 released by our actions or that of a company or activity. An example would be your summer holiday abroad. Say you fly from Shannon to Spain and back. Those two flights would release 420 kilos of carbon pollution into the air for every single passenger on board the plane. So one return flight generates a bigger carbon footprint than most people make in an entire year in their home. Hard to believe, but it makes me think I'd rather stay in Ireland for my holidays this year. Okay, thanks Minister for your time. Um, We hope to see some really positive changes in Ireland very soon. Thanks very much. We very much appreciated the Minister being a part of Ecolution. Let's hope our questions can lead to real action by our government. Today, I had an awesome time here. We, I did learn a lot. It was interesting, it was fun. It taught us a lot. The question I asked today to the people on climate change was, how can we use less plastic in our classroom? So one of the ways to use less plastic in our classroom is like not use plastic straws and like use less plastic when we're doing experiments. The younger people, yes, we're being heard more. And we're definitely being listened to more now, but I don't feel like what we're saying is actually getting through to people. If you don't do anything, or if you say that you'll do things but you don't, it's just a waste of time. Some people don't really want to help, others do. But it's all in 10 years or 20 years. You have to do things now. Especially Ireland, being ranked the worst in the EU is just... It's almost repulsive because I know that we could be doing better. We definitely can. And we can't just say, oh, in 2050 or oh, in 2030, because we do need to do stuff now. And I don't feel like that's happening. Please listen to us. I'm with you. I hope action speeds up too. Join us on the next Ecolution when we learn how every one of us could get greener fingers. If you or your friends are working to combat climate change, let us know. Email junior.rte.ie and maybe we can feature your project in an upcoming Ecolution.